reflect back to our own mother, if we're of my age and our mothers are no longer living. Um, but it is, it's a Sunday I'm thankful for because we need to be reminded of the gifts that God gives us. You know, holidays are for that purpose, to remind us of gifts that God has given us. And if there is one gift that has been given to us that we are prone to overlook, it's the gift of our mothers. And, and you know, you may be sitting here today and you may be thinking, my, I, I had a, a godly, godly mother. And you may be here today and say, I did not have a godly mother. And some of you may be sitting here today and say, um, you know, I had a mother, but there were things that she put in my life that I've had to overcome. That's the reality of life, sad to say. But regardless of what spectrum you come from <clears throat> regarding your mother, <clears throat> you, you need to give thanks for one thing, that she chose life. And that, that isn't an easy choice. I mean, just the, the physical aspect of, of the labor of, of giving birth to a child and, and all the, those of you that are mothers, the anxieties that come with your first child and, and of course it always helps others come up and say, tell you their horror stories of their labor, you know what I mean? And, and, um, that's, that's just how we as human beings are. We think that's helpful, alright? But, um, but the reality is, every one of us owes a great debt of gratitude to our mothers. Regardless what you adjective you use to describe your mother. And, and this is a great time for us to thank God for the gift of our mothers. Whether they're still living, or, or whether they're gone. And in so doing, you will be reminded of certain things. <clears throat> there are a number of things that come to mind with my mother, but if, if I had to put in one capsule to describe her, it would be a woman of faith and prayer. I mean, she she believed God. She was a, a woman of of the Bible. Her Bible was well read. She wore out many Bibles, <clears throat> but she was also a great woman of prayer. And honestly, <clears throat> um, there's no way that I would be here were it not for her prayers. I didn't know until my my ordination, I, I never knew this, and I've shared this before, but it, it reminds me of my mother. I was six weeks old and 
had pyloric stenosis, means a, a closure of your your tube, so out of your stomach or into your stomach, I don't know which, but so that you can't you can't digest. And I was throwing up everything. And and they lived in north central Minnesota at the time, and um, and they prayed, God, if if you can use this child. Save him. Physically, they were praying at that time. But if not, we commit him to you. A surgeon from Minneapolis flew. This was back when flying wasn't as popular. This was back in the dark ages, okay? 1955. Flew of his own cost to Morris, Minnesota. Performed the surgery. And needless to say, it was a successful surgery. But from the very beginning of my life, my parents prayed and prayed. And I'm, I'm sure there were many times they scratched their head and thought, I don't know if you'll ever use this guy. You know what I'm saying? But the reality is, in my mind, is etched in my mind, my mother kneeling beside her bed and praying. She didn't do it to be seen. She did it because that was her way of life. She was a woman of prayer. A mother of prayer. And in the passage that we read this morning, when you think of a mother of prayer, most of us think of Hannah. And the mother of Samuel and her prayer. And indeed, she was. But we don't often think of this passage as a mother of prayer. But Jesus went out to get away from the crowds. And this woman, who had a daughter that was greatly troubled. The Bible says she was demon-possessed. So, you can imagine the grief that this mother has had already in her life. I mean, this isn't a physical ailment that she's praying about. This is, this is a, a soul damaging situation that her daughter is in. And she heard that Jesus, we don't know all the details, how she knew about Jesus, but she heard that he was there, and she cried out to him, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. And it says that Jesus answered her not a word. Have you been there? Where you've prayed, and it's like it fell on deaf ears. But Jesus, all of this, don't, don't come to these conclusions when you look at this, that, that Jesus was being mean, because he makes some statements here that could, all of this Jesus was doing to build her faith, to test her faith. 
So she came and cried out to him, and Jesus answered her not a word. And, and his disciples said, Jesus, send her away. She, she keeps crying out after us. And, and we don't really know. Some think the disciples were saying, just grant her her request so she gets out of here. Some think they were just saying, don't even bother with the request. Just get her out of here. But either way, in faith, she went to Jesus Christ. She was not encouraged by his response or by the response of others. And then Jesus made a statement. I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So again, answered not a word, but then when he did answer, it wasn't anything encouraging. I, my mission is to the lost of Israel, to the Jew first. And, and we'll go on and look at the remainder of this, but I want us to note today some characteristic of a mother's prayer. But it's not just a mother's. We're making application today toward mothers. It's characteristic of a godly prayer. You notice, first of all, it was born in helplessness. She saw herself for what she was. A woman in desperate need. There was nothing she could do. I'm sure she expended all her ideas and resources to solve this. And there was no help and there was no hope. There come situations in life where you feel that there is no relief. You may be numb in your spirit. It may be like the very life has been sapped out of you. And as they sang, that's when we say, Lord, I need you. When the sea of life is calm, when the winds are blowing strong, when we have nowhere to turn. And God often brings those things into our life so that we turn to Him. Would to God we, we, we recognize our helplessness before we were in desperate straits because we all, all are helpless. We are helpless to be the mother that you ought to be, or the father, or the child, or the husband, or the wife. We're helpless. We can't do it. I mean, God's standard is, there's no way we can do it. Lord, I need you. And, and the first key to genuine prayer is realizing our helplessness. It's not, I, I've almost got this in, can you come along and give a little push? You know, we've all been there when we're trying to push a mower up onto the trailer and then we say, Marilyn, can you come help? And just that little push happened this last week, okay? 
That's not what God's talking about. It's, I can't, I can't move this thing. This is helpless. I can't live the Christian life. I can't be what I ought to be. And, and acknowledging our helplessness. The helplessness that appears when we're filled with fear. When, when things are out of our control. That kind of, kind of describes today, doesn't it? It's easy to be filled with fear. And mothers today, it, it's a natural thing to think, I'm, I'm bringing a child into this world? What's going on in this world? And what can I do about it? Well, it's out of our control. So we all qualify this first thing in helpless. It's whether we realize it or not. God isn't just to come alongside and help. We need to be totally dependent on Him. Then you notice the second thing about this lady, her concern for others. It is for her daughter. You know, a woman of lesser character could easily say, well... I tried to train her up in the right way and she's just made her own choice and you made your bed, go lie in it. But she was burdened. And this is a genuine mother. You know, honestly speaking, there's a major difference between fathers and mothers. Fathers raise the kids, and yeah, we love our kids. We love them even when they get old and on their own. But there's a difference with a mother. Once a mother, always a mother, right? I mean, that's that's God-given. You know, fathers, we won't go there any further, okay? Maybe on Father's Day. But a mother, it doesn't matter till her dying day, she has a mothering heart for her kids. Right, Tim? There he is, sitting next to his mother, right? That's God's design. And this concern for her daughter that in helplessness ran to Jesus and said, God, have mercy. When our prayers are self-focused, when it's on us, those are prayers that aren't going to go very far. How greatly we need Christian mothers to pray daily that their children personally come to faith in Christ, that they will be brought under the conviction And the power of the Holy Spirit of sin, their own personal sin, and salvation in Jesus Christ, and a concern for others. So it was born out of helplessness. It was a concern for others. And and this is similar to number one, born out of helplessness, but she was desperate. 
God says in Psalm 51, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. There is a sense that brokenness on our behalf touches the heart of God. And and this desperateness, she saw herself for what she was, in desperate need, who could not rid her daughter of the demon that tormented her, and she saw Jesus for who he was, a gracious, compassionate Savior who was able, and from her perspective, hopefully willing to extend mercy to her and her daughter. And it was the only hope and the only help. And she believed in the nature and character of God. We've spent 14 weeks looking at the attributes of God. I don't know where, I don't know where she learned about God. But she had a knowledge of God that was the foundation of her faith that even when Jesus answered her not a word. Even when the disciples said, get her out of here. She's bothering us. She continued. And you notice a mother's prayer in her helplessness, her concern for others, her desperate need. She went directly to Jesus Christ. She cried out to Jesus And notice, when Jesus says, I am not come except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Notice what the next verse says. Then she came and worshipped him. Well, most of our worship is when God gives us what we want. God hadn't given her what she wanted. In fact, made it sound like he wasn't going to. But she came and worshipped him. See, when we come directly to Jesus, when you know Jesus, you can't help but worship him. I mean, all of the circumstances of life did not turn her focus away from who Jesus Christ was. And she worshipped. I mean, it's so easy to read over that. That, that in this darkness, still a demon-possessed daughter, no indication that, that Jesus was going to do anything, and yet she worshipped him. Similar to what Habakkuk said, Lord, though the crops fail, though we lose all our money and we lose our houses, He said, yet will I trust in you. That is faith. And she worshipped him. She cried out to Jesus. She worshipped him. And she waited on Jesus. And she continued to cry out. And she said, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, it is not good to take the little children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. 
It's interesting here. The choice of words that God used regarding dogs. He did not employ the term used for dogs, the dogs that run wild in the street and get in packs and and just are on their own. Nor did he use the term that he used in Philippians in a negative term that was all men are dogs. He, he didn't use it in that regard. The word that he used is a term, and I have to confess, the word that he used is, is a word that was used for house dogs, house pets. I've always said those aren't dogs. They're, they may be animals. Real dogs live outside, I say. So I have to confess. I, my study of Scripture this week, Am I going to get one? Not in the near future, but that's fine. See? But what he said, it is not right to take the food out of a child's mouth and give it to the family pet at the table. Some of you are nudging your husband or wife and saying, see, you shouldn't be feeding a dog at the table. But what he was emphasizing, we don't take what is What is given to children, I've come for the house of Israel. And we don't take what was given to them and just take it away from them and give it to the dogs. But in her mind, this was encouraging. This was was building her faith. That Jesus referred to her as a household pet. She seized on that word and made this the basis for her appeal to God. I'm not one that runs the streets. I'm not a a disregarded word to use for a a disrespectful human being. Maybe... Maybe I'm a lap dog. And notice verse 27. She said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Notice her faith. But Lord, even the little dogs, when we spill and the crumbs fall to the table... They get the blessing of that. And what she was saying, Lord, I know how great you are. If you just let a little crumb fall, I know it can take care of my daughter. And Jesus said, I have not found such great faith in all of Israel. I mean... She went to Jesus, she worshipped Jesus, she waited on Jesus, and she believed Jesus. She wasn't asking for the pot roast off the table. She's saying, just a little crumb. I know your crumbs are so great that they can solve this problem. You can heal my daughter. And she believed Jesus. 
She wasn't offended at Jesus for his silence, for his not being invitive to her, so to speak. She saw Jesus for what he was, a gracious and compassionate Savior. Who is able and willing to do far beyond what we ask or think. But you notice the characteristic, we've mentioned it, but we want to specifically identify it. She was persistent in her prayers. She persistently pursued. Mothers, do not allow anything to keep you from your persistent, tenacious presence at the throne of grace and mercy. To persistently stay before the throne of grace on behalf of your children and pray boldly for their salvation, pray persistently for them the blessing of God, pray that God would raise them up to be bright lights for Him, pray for them to be liberated from any addiction, to be freed from any deception. After long, long years, pray, pray, pray. Take a stand at the throne of God and pray without ceasing. Pray when prayer is the hardest thing to do. Even when there were discouraging factors, she prayed. And even if you don't see the answers to prayer until you're in glory, What a great place to celebrate the answers in prayer. But never quit. And she was rewarded. Her prayers were rewarded. How she must have delighted in the Lord's response to her request when Jesus commended her faith that no Jew had ever seen faith like this and no Jew was ever commended. For this faith. And your prayers. Mother or father or child. But in particular mother. Your prayers. Will someday be rewarded. Whether in this life. Guaranteed they will be rewarded in eternity. God keeps our tears in a bottle. And he's going to reward those prayers. They will be rewarded. That's a guarantee of God. I mean, this is a this is a sure investment. Abraham Lincoln's mother was a godly Christian who every Sunday would set Abe on her knee and read the Word of God to him. Her special concentration for her son was the knowledge of the Ten Commandments. She said to Abe, Abe, I would rather that you were able to read the Bible than to own a farm 
if you can only have one. And owning a farm was a big thing in that day. That was your livelihood. She said, if you can only pick one, I'd rather you were able to read a Bible than anything else. Nancy Lincoln died when Abe was nine years old. But by nine years of age, the law of God had been inscribed in his hearts. And her last words to him were, Abe, I'm going to leave you now, and I shall not return. I want you to be kind to your father and live as I have taught you. Love your heavenly father And keep his commandments. Wow. What a last testimony. Live as I have taught you. That means she was intentional and conscientious about what she was teaching. It isn't just bringing a child into the world and turning him over to others. It's intentionally teaching him. Charles Spurgeon paid this tribute to his beloved mother. I cannot tell how much I owe to the solemn words and prayers of my Christian mother. It was a custom while we were children to sit around the table and read the scripture verse by verse while mother explained it to us. After that was done... Then came the time of pleading with God. Some of the words, Spurgeon said, of our mother's prayers we shall never forget, even when our heads are gray. He said, I remember her once praying thus, Now, Lord, if my children go on into sin, it will not be from ignorance that they perish, And my soul must bear a swift witness against them at the day of judgment if they lay not hold of Jesus Christ. Wow. Is it a surprise to you that Charles Spurgeon turned out like he did? I mean, these are our mother's prayers. I'm not saying... Let me back up. We need a desperate need of revival of mother's prayers. I'm not saying our nation is in the mess it's in today to lay the blame on mothers. It's not. But we have gone a long ways from this. Mothers, what will your kids know you for? And you know, we, we always say, well, I just don't have time. If you just, if all of us, we all have time. If you just took the time off the internet alone, just start there and chop that out. See, the problem is we don't realize our helplessness. We don't realize God is our only hope. should be pretty evident it's not going to come from government. 
If you haven't seen it yet, this ought to be an eye-opener. The reality is, it's only God. It's not going to come from your curriculum that you're teaching. It's not going to co- The only thing that's going to do a work in the hearts and lives of kids and grandkids is God. And we'd better be persistent in pursuing Him. So let me just quickly mention how to pray effectively. Number one, you must have access. I, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You know, the average American prays. When they're in trouble, when they're in a quote-unquote foxhole, But the average American doesn't have a prayer because they, don't, they are not a child of God. And you only become a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what causes us to enter the throne room of God. It's only through Jesus Christ. So have you become a child of God? And then secondly, to pray effectively, you must make it a priority. If we knew our helplessness, if we, if we caught, if, if for the next 15 seconds you saw the spiritual warfare going on, you'd pray. If we knew the spiritual warfare going on, In our own lives, if we caught a glimpse of it, we would pray. If we knew the heart of man, I mean, some of these little kids around here look so sweet. Man, looks are deceiving. Their heart is wicked and deceitful and easily led astray and prone to rebellion because they're children of you and me and they got their heart from us and we got it from Adam. If we knew the deceitfulness of evil, we'd pray. If we knew our own pride, we'd pray. And it's time that we get a a revival of prayer. I'm not just talking mothers. I'm talking across the board. To make it a priority. To make that a priority. And then to have a purpose in our prayer to pray to show the power of God. That God's power would be seen. God, I I want you to be glorified through this situation, through this child. God, I, I am committed to you. And then lastly, don't quit. You may receive silence. You may receive something that's negative, but don't quit. Let it be your dying breath interceding on behalf of those that God's entrusted to you and and those that He's brought into your life and those literally around the world. You know, we hear 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people which are called by my name, will humble themselves, acknowledge our desperate helplessness, and pray. And were it not, only God will reveal in eternity 
Only God will reveal what a mother's prayers have accomplished. There, there are going to be people that, that will stand head and shoulders above most all of us. And, and it's because they're a, they're a praying mother and grandmother and great-grandmother and God is going to reward them. And we'll say, who would have known? And God will say, I knew all along. The prayers will be rewarded. In just a moment, we're going we're to sing the song, I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone. A mother cannot bear. God never intended a mother to bear her burdens alone. God never intended anyone to bear the burdens alone. In my distress, He kindly will help me. He ever loves and cares for His own. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I cannot bear these burdens alone. Jesus can help me. Jesus alone. Let's bow together in prayer. And I'm going to ask Kathy if she would play that song. In just a moment we'll sing it.